The following podcast is by Mr. Jim Taylor, elder law and special needs attorney, helping and protecting those who need long-term care. And welcome back to Answers for Elders Radio Network. And we are here with Jim Kaler, an elder law attorney in the, uh, it's Richfield, Ohio, isn't it, Jim, is where That's you're located? Is. Yeah, Richfield, Ohio, halfway between yes. and Akron. Awesome, awesome. Well, I am excited. I'm snowed in at the moment, by the way. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, We've got well, a doozy of go. a storm that's been going on for almost 24 hours, and it's supposed to last about another 15. Bless your heart. Well, good thing you work it from your home office there, sir. Yeah, well, right <laughs> now, today, almost everyone is, yeah. Yeah, so that's good. <laughs> so we are here um, talking about who are the individuals that you should select. In our first segment, we talked a lot about you know, power of attorney and who that individual should be. Um, and obviously, um, I want to kind of pick up where we left off there. So we're talking about somebody that can really have just summary, somebody that's got some chops that can deal with conflict and deal with um, c- scenarios. Yeah. And I think the other thing I'd be remiss to bring up the fact that there's strife between siblings and families. Oh, and I don't sometimes... know what you're talking about. That never happens. <laughs> what are you? What do you mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, so that's coined... the other side of it, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, oh, a friend of mine coined the the phrase, family is the other F word. Yes. And it, it fits perfectly. I wish I'd thought of it, but I didn't. Sydney Campanero, I love you, sweetheart. That was a great line. Yes. Um, but yeah, it that so whoever's going to be the agent on your power of attorney, and please don't name more than one agent. Don't name co-agents. You can name successors, but name one person at a time because uh, you want one decision maker. If you've got two and they don't agree, then there is no decision. You're stuck in the status quo. Right. Okay. There is no power of attorney by committee. Here, here's an example I like to use. Everyone remembers that Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence, right? Right. He was actually part of a five-person committee named by the first Continental Congress to do so. Who are the other four members without going to Google? I don't know. Right? That's the point. One person does the job until, the, uh, until someone else complains. Wow. Stick with one person to do this job. They can listen to anyone they want, but they don't have to listen. They don't have to get agreement. They move forward. So in my view on the power of attorney, you should name, you can name your spouse if you, if your spouse is not going to collapse under pressure, as I mentioned in the last segment. Okay. After the spouse, name the person or the child who is most likely to take you in should you need long-term care. After that, name the, and the next successor is the child or a person second most likely to take Mm -hmm. you in, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, if it's your son gonna take you in, but your daughter-in-law is gonna do most of the work, still name your son as the agent, okay? Mm -hmm. But um, you, I think a power of attorney (laughs) should be written as though it's gonna mostly be needed when you need long-term care because that's what happens. It's mostly used when you need long-term care because you can't handle your own affairs anymore. That and long-term care really go hand in hand. Right. There are other times when it's used, but 99 and 44% of the time, it's when people, when the principal needs long-term care. Sure. So write it that way. That's that article that I mentioned, the Cleveland Bar Journal was on writing them with Mm long-term care in mind. Mm -hmm. So name your agent with long-term care in mind. The person is most likely to look after you. 
Might they be injured in the same car accident that you need that causes you to need long-term care? Sure. That's why you have a second successor agent. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you name that person on the healthcare power of attorney or healthcare proxy or whatever it is in your state and the general or business or whatever you call it power of attorney. Okay. Don't name your son because he handles money better and name your daughter as your healthcare agent because if daughter reaches the end of her rope, son may not agree to hire help and he controls the checkbook. Yeah. Give the person who's looking after or most likely to look after you, mm-hmm. okay, both the power to choose how your care is handled and to pay for it. It's Don't so true. That. And, you know, I have to say in my family, my mother had um, my, somebody else um, <laughs> uh, be her financial power of attorney in her hometown because that's where all of her bank accounts were which made no sense to me because banking's down here in seattle I, it was just stupid but that was her choice and yeah. so i was stuck with her care but i had no authority to do anything so i had all the responsibility to take care of her but no authority yeah and we yeah. had to fix so that empower the person who is going to take <laughs> on the responsibility of your care right Right. Because even if they lack a backbone, you know, your daughter who's lucky to take you in doesn't really stand mm-hmm. up to her siblings. Mm-hmm. She may grow an incredible backbone when her back is against the wall because the siblings aren't helping. Okay. Uh, yeah. Very So true. please empower the one that is likely to take you in because if they get to the end of their rope, it hurts both them and you. Right. Empower right. them with the healthcare power of attorney and the general power of attorney. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, they should, you should, uh, all the people you name as your agent or your attorney, in fact, in order, remember one at a time, but they can be, you mm-hmm. know, first, first, this person, if not this person, that person, if not that person, then this other person. Okay. That's mm-hmm. successors. Right. Keep them, keep that list the same for the healthcare power of attorney and the general power of attorney and for the living will. Okay. Yeah, now let's talk will, about living will. <laughs> yeah. Living wills may be different in every state. Okay. And for those right. who don't know what we're talking about right off the top of your head, this is the Terry Shivo, Karen Ann Quinlan thing. Someone yeah. who suffers a brain death and the family's trying to decide whether to let the body go, meaning turn off the respirator or keep the respirator running. Okay. Right. And what the choice to do a living will is usually am I willing to die if my brain is gone or am I not willing to die? I am. Am I afraid of death and what's on the other side of it? Sure. I think, I think that that is the decision point for most people, but you can also write a living will that says, keep me alive as long as the money holds out or keep yeah. me alive yeah. until the Browns win the Super Bowl, which could be forever. Okay. <laughs> uh, hey, what, you know, yeah. just live for, with, live with frustration here. Uh, and uh, I mean, we don't have Russell Wilson, you know, so what can I say? <laughs> well, um, I don't think Seattle did too much this year either. So, <laughs> yeah, but it, hey, hey, you got a Super Bowl over there. We don't. I um, know. <laughs> yeah, hey, we're just up the road from from Joe Burrow, who's making Cincinnati look great. So what can I say? You know, but you so if you want, if you say I'm terrified of death. And you can write the living will that way mm-hmm. just because you have a form. Ohio has a good form. Okay. I'm hoping other states have the same sort of thing. Somebody, some committee of learned people that creates a form. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in Ohio, we have a good form. Is it perfect? Oh, heavens no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's really a good start. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but you can change the form. You can take the form as it is, cross everything out, put your initials there and right. say, and in, in the special instructions or in the margin or something, 
I'm afraid of death. Try to keep me alive. So here's a, another question I have. Um, usually, I, I know that this earlier this year, <laughs> um, or last year, year ago, I had surgery on my hand. And when I went into the hospital, they said, um, which was a different hospital than I'd ever been to, which was kind of weird. But they basically said, oh, well, we have your um, your uh, living will, you know, document you signed at Swedish Hospital. So obviously there's some sort of connection. Do you want to transfer that over or do you want? And, and I didn't even know what they were talking about, but they had to have something because they were going to put me under. That yeah. is the rule. Yeah. And that's that's typical because there are just weird risks with surgery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my uh, aunt, my my mom's brother's wife uh-huh. uh, went in for relatively routine back surgery, but had an embolism and she never came out. And that's the that's thing. The it's the like, table. you never know. And so, right. but I was amazed that I had signed one like 20 years before, 10 years before oh, and went, no, yeah. it was 20 years before. And that document was still in the, my archive of, you know, obviously Providence hospital and Swedish hospital are on the same network you know, and so they can tap in and they can see, you know, these x-rays mm-hmm. and it's kind of nice. Cause then they know, you yeah. know, what you've had and what you haven't, you know, no, that's done. The, so, that's the era of electronic medical records. Yes. Yes. It, but so, it, it, it's a necessary evil because you, the way insurance is handled mm-hmm. now, you're not necessarily going to be at one place getting all right. your treatment. Right. So you're to this hospital for the, for a CAT scan, that hospital mm-hmm. for an examination, this other hospital for the actual surgery. Sure. Yeah. It's just without electronic medical records, we'd just be lost. Okay. Yeah. But in the living will, um, at least in Ohio, and I suspect, suspect mm-hmm. most living wills are this way because the living will doesn't take effect until you don't have brain activity. Right. Okay. Right. So there's really, uh, the decision is unplug the respirator or not. And please leave people instructions on what you want. Yes. Okay. And I think on top of that is if you have a document on file, like mine was 20 years ago, <laughs> I had, I had um, my ex-boyfriend on it, <laughs> which was crazy. So obviously um, now that I'm married, I, I had to update it. And I didn't yeah. even realize it when I got there, that was part of my prep for surgery. I did not realize that that was an important document. Even when I came yeah. into the hospital on my, all my prep on my paperwork and all yeah. that, th- those things were not reviewed with me. So obviously those things need to be revisited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I bet your ex-boyfriend was on there. Uh, not as a decision maker, because you filled out the form. That's the decision. Right. Okay. But as the person who would get notified. Right. If you didn't have <laughs> brain activity. Okay? And it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't but, talked to him but in still, 20 years. See, but that's part of my point. And I'm yeah. not going to say the ex-boyfriend thing in 20 years old. Okay. That, sure. that's not, you know, that, that's, that everyone ought to update these things from time to time when their life situation changes. Right. But um Within a family where there's strife, people who are on the living will are apt to say, oh, I'm named a living will. I'm in charge now. I get to make the decisions. Okay. So I suggest just because there is that mistaken belief that if you're named on the document, you're in charge now. Okay. Name people in the living will to receive that unfortunate phone call that you're not showing brain activity. Uh, cause then the job is to tell everyone else. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
name them in the power in the living will in the same order as in your powers of attorney spouse first if you name your spouse first child most likely to take you in next child second most likely to take you in after that and keep them in order then we don't have the child who's on the healthcare power of attorney which is still in effect by the way living will right. does not shut down the power of attorney having to fight with the person named first on the living will over who's in charge and the hospital or whomever has to step in the middle and sort things out sure. keep them all the same that avoids conflict at a time where conflict slows down your medical care right so name everybody in the same order okay i, I think that's very important um and you may say, oh, my family's never going to fight. Yeah, good luck with that. Okay. <laughs> I actually, I can't name names from my clients. So I use a fictional one. Okay. When did Fredo Corleone die? This is the brother who betrayed Michael yeah. to the, the rival crime boss. Mm -hmm. When did Fredo die? After mama died. Yeah. Mama kept the, mama's presence kept the peace it was it was an uncomfortable peace but kept the peace right. well let's say mama corleone didn't die but she had alzheimer's yeah i bet fredo would have died okay so okay. yes that's fictional but i bet you know people that way that that the siblings don't like each other but the presence of the parents keeps the fight from becoming a hot war exactly, exactly. don't expect your family to be different wow wow well this is important and obviously when you die, there's a whole now, a brand new uh, bunch of things that happen after you've passed away. And I think we're going to go in this next two segments and we're going to talk about wills and trusts. And Jim, we'll be right back right after this. State of Ohio residents, you have a friend to help you navigate long-term care while protecting your assets. You can reach Jim at www.protectingseniors.com. Or just email him at J-K-O-E-W-L-E-R hyphen A-F-E. That's J-Kaler A-F-E at protectingseniors.com. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond, I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform. 